Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Overtime on the Ice. I'm Jenna Harner, joined by Phil Bork and Dan Kovacevic. Guys, we definitely didn't want to be sitting here having this conversation about the season being done for the Penguins at this time frame. But there's a lot of important questions heading into this offseason. And I think one of the biggest ones to start, I know there's the elephant in the room about free agency. We will get there. Does there need to be some adjustments when it comes to Mike Sullivan and his coaching style and some of the schematics? Because this is the fourth straight year where we're sitting here talking about another first-round playoff exit. Do you feel like something has to give a little bit? Or I, I don't want to say – I know a lot of people immediately are jumping to, oh, is he going to be fired or not? Because I don't think that's the case. But you feel like a little bit, Borky, something's got to give here. Yeah, let me say this first. You know, I have all the respect for Mike Sullivan. In fact, I, I'm shocked that he's not in for the Jack Adams Award for Coach of the Year. Also, uh, the greatest coaches I've been around myself personally or witnessed have had three elements. And, and, st- and try to keep along with me here. Uh, three, Not 33 and a third of each, but respect, fear, and love. Need some elements of all three. And what I'm a little worried about is the fear part. Uh, you have to respect Mike Sullivan. Not only he played over 700 games, you know, the only U.S. born coach to win uh, two Stanley Cups, on and on and on. Everybody wants to play for Mike Sullivan. But the accountability factor, it, I think, has been waning over the years. And I, I look at some of the mistakes that are made, and guys go to the bench, and they're basically right over the boards again. And I, I listen. Maybe I'm speaking out of school a little bit here because I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. But what I see with my own eyes, Jenna, is I don't think players fear Mike Sullivan the way they maybe they did back in 15, 16, and 17. I think it's been waning. So I, does that fall on Mike Sullivan? I think it does. Uh, I, and I know he's a hard coach. He's a demanding coach. But when I see the same mistakes by the same guys over again, I get that feeling of, oh, he's just going to throw me over the boards again. I'll just keep doing this because – it's okay, and there's not going to be that accountability. There's not going to be a penalty to pay, uh, which I, I think kind of it, it starts to spread throughout the team. And, Dan, you brought up an interesting point as well in the fact that we were talking earlier, you know, with the Evan Rodriguez penalty in Game 5, yeah. Game 6. Again, it all kind of at this point blends a little together. But that penalty, that kind of changed the series in a way. You didn't feel that. You didn't you, sense that. You don't that. take that penalty, right? You, no. Dan, you do not take that penalty if you know the consequences when you get back to the bench. The eyeballs that Mike Sullivan shot to Erod, I I tell you what, man, I never want to see that look. But right back over the boards again, right back out there. 
Yeah, in fairness, and in that very specific instance there, the Penguins were already short of forward, and I don't know that that's the greatest time to do message sending stuff. I think that's more of a regular season thing here. Um, I'll say that, and completely respecting everything that that Phil just said here, he's been there. Uh, He's been in, in, in the wars. He's seen the value of accountability, including in the moment. Uh, I'll add to that, but I'd like to see this head coach find ways to become a little bit more flexible and adaptable when it comes to strategies, including in-game moments. Now, we saw traces of it in those last three games against the Rangers when the Penguins got these leads where they they, they did, I don't want to call it a trap because they're so bad at trapping that I don't even want to dignify <laughs> the, the term by attaching it to them. Um, and it's not why they lost. You know, Marcus Pedersen didn't need to go for his helmet and all that other stuff that went into that. But you do want to see the Penguins become more flexible. Uh, that was something that I thought they were really good at under Dan Bilesma. Bilesma had a lot of different looks that he could give you. Uh, the Penguins had a multitude of different faces that they would wear over the course of a game, and it would keep the other team from getting a little bit too comfortable. Jenna, you know what I'm talking about here where you just don't want – Everyone knows exactly what the Penguins are going to do on everything. And I know that Sullivan sees that as a strength. We're being who we are. We're playing Penguins hockey. But the other side can, especially over a seven-game series, they can get kind of used to that too. Look, bottom line, A, he's not getting fired. B, he has to be in some form or other looking in the mirror himself because this is four straight first-round exits, five straight playoff round losses he's not immune to this well let's get to the elephant in the room I know that we've been waiting to talk about this and it feels like this is all anybody can talk about now because it's going to be something we are going to talk about pretty much I feel like every day from here until free agency really kicks in but lots of big names for the Penguins it feels like it's some of the most uncertain times in terms of an offseason we've seen with this team in the last two decades almost I'd say you have the potential for Chris Letang, Evgeny Malkin, Ricard Raquel, and Brian Russ. As you can see here, they're all free agents. There's so much talk about the core, about the trio of Malkin, Letang, and Sidney Crosby, the band potentially breaking up. Guys, I think I just want to ask both of you, out of these guys, who do you prioritize here? Who do you say we need to make sure they are back here on this team this season, Borky? Or next season? I, I think if I'm prioritizing, I'm going right after Chris Letang. Chris Letang had a monster year this year, and you can't replace him. Um, you know, either with anybody within the organization that's currently on the team, or even to go out in free agency, you're not going to get somebody like a Chris Letang. Uh, but then I look at Brian Rust and how special he is and the chemistry he's built with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. Multi-dimensional. You can put him with Gino. He's good there, too. Uh, he's really started to flourish on the power play. But there's only $30 million to go around. It not you can't just pay everybody because there's a cap here. Uh, so with that being said, I, I re- respect what Sid was saying. He wants to keep the band together. He wants another kick at the can. But you're right. This is four straight, one and done. It seems like a one-way street. Like ownership keeps saying, okay, guys, one more year. Okay, guys, one more year. Okay, guys, one more year. And they're not getting paid back. I'm not asking for more cups. I'm only asking to win a playoff round right now. And you feel like when you've lost four straight, one and done's, rubber's going to hit the road. Dan, 
it, it seems like again, Latang is going to be one of those. Hey, there's potential for a lot more money in Montreal or elsewhere with Brian Rust. Hey, maybe he goes to Detroit. Kind of same thing. A lot more money. But do you realistically see those guys coming back, or are they going to look to say, Hey, we will bring Evgeny Malkin back in. Ricard Raquel can kind of fill a gap that Brian Rust was in um, on that top line. Well, my top priority, Jenna, is going to match Phil's. Uh, I believe that Chris Letang is your top priority. If you don't have a true number one defenseman, your NHL roster is taking a hit, period. Set all the sentimentality aside from it, okay? If John Marino is your number one defenseman, let's name names here, okay? If John Marino is your number one defenseman, you're in trouble. If Mike Matheson's your number one defenseman, you're in trouble. You don't have anyone else. You don't have someone coming from the minors. P.O. Joseph is not a number one defenseman, okay? So let's start right there. My second thing that I would do, my second priority, would be to start whacking some of this payroll off of the blue line. We talk about the payroll, all of us do, as if we're locked into this figure where you have the highest paid defense core in the National Hockey League. I'm sorry, when you blow three consecutive leads in as many games, when you have a chance to put someone away, you do not deserve to have the highest pay of any defense corps in hockey. It's plain and simple. You have too many $4 million plus on Brian Dumoulin, three plus on Marcus Pedersen and Marino, whereas you're getting pretty much the same or similar production from Chad Ruedel and Mark Friedman, who are less than a million down there at the bottom pairing. What are you doing here? This doesn't make any sense. You know, Phil has made the point many times about needing more support from your bottom six forwards, okay? What you need are more Danton Heinens and fewer $3 million, $4 million defensemen who don't play up to that. Use that money and keep the guys you want to keep and add to the forwards. It is going to be a very intriguing mm -hmm. and a very mm -hmm. uncertain offseason ahead. <laughs> no doubt about that. Well, thank you both so much for everything this season. It is always a pleasure. And thank you all for joining us on Overtime on the Ice.